think conversations from people who are skeptical and cynical, I, I just want to welcome them. Just like turn up the mic louder for them um, and listen to the ways that we've fallen short and see what we can do to center community around um, the love of God. Welcome to Where We Belong, a podcast where we dive into questions surrounding what it means to belong to a community of faith, how we do that well, and why it often feels so hard. I'm Lauren from Wentworth's Office of Church Engagement, and I'm excited to walk with you as we puzzle through big questions that a lot of us are asking about the church, about culture, and about our place in the body of Christ. So if you are a church leader, a church skeptic, an all-in church member, or fall somewhere in between, I invite you to join us in these conversations as we wrestle with the truth that, whether we like it or not, we are claimed by the community of faith, and it's where we belong. Hi, and welcome to our episode today with Phil Moore. Phil is excellent. You will love him. Phil is a friend of mine. He is a licensed pastor in the Covenant denomination, and he pastors a church called The Garden here in Spokane in the West Central neighborhood, which is a nine-month-old little baby church plant. He is a Whitworth alum that has majors in theology and speech communication. You will sense this throughout our conversation. Some of the values that The Garden seeks to embody are making sure people are aware of the new life they have in Christ joining God's dream for the restoration of creation and belonging is one of their key values. Um, this, the sense that all are welcome and all are needed. And you will hear this through this conversation with Phil as he talks in what I think are really helpful ways about how to foster belonging in a church. What structures do we need to actually bring belonging to the fore when we're thinking about the church and the community as that it's a part of. Um, Phil engages those conversations of belonging so charitably, especially with those who are really disenchanted by the church and shares his secret for what keeps him captivated, why he as a young pastor is all in. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Phil. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm great. It's good to be here. Such an honor. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are great. It is an honor to have you. Thanks for being thank willing you, to you. talk to me today about the church. We'll figure it all out, I'm of sure. Of course. Oh, yeah. We'll solve every oh, issue wait. with the church. Phil has his iPad, which means the answers That's are right. right next to us. We're here. dialed in. We're dialed in. <laughs> well, tell me your experience and story with church. Yeah. Let's start there. That sounds great. Um, yeah. Well, it all started when I was born. <laughs> I was born into you were claimed a family by the church. Yes, I was claimed by the church. I had no choice. My parents were actually missionaries in Vienna, Austria. They were at mm. this missionary base there. And so I was born there in Vienna. Um, and then after a little while, my parents got excited and felt called to join a local church in um, capital city of Albania called Tirana. And so they helped start like a kind of grassroots church there. Mm. And so I have super distant memories, um, kind of those early years of life of being there. We weren't there for too long, but a few years. And I have memories of um, even like warm memories of Muslim calls to worship multiple times a day oh, and yeah. 
like just the sounds, the neighborhood and the way that our neighborhood worked is we would have neighbors knock on our door and be like, we're here for dinner. Like they would have a loaf of bread and just be like, this is happening. We're here. It's time to eat. (laughs) Like we brought our kids or whatever and just put some more, you know, stew on or whatever. And um, so it was a really like beautifully invasive kind of neighborhood in life. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of like some formational experience of being like missionaries overseas. Mm -hmm. Then we moved to um, a town like 45 minutes north of London and helped start a church there for a little while. I was still super young then, but have some distant memories, too. And then we moved back to the west side of the state in the Seattle area. And um, I remember my parents were pretty cool about bringing that kind of missional energy, even Mm -hmm. though we were back in the States, it was like our neighbors um, are loved by God and Mm -hmm. we can share the good news with them still, even though it was a different culture, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I spent most of my time, yeah, on the West side of the state. Um, My parents jumped into the vineyard movement when it was Mm -hmm. kind of taken off in the nineties and I just, some memories there are, um, there's this gal, Gloria, who had a 12 string guitar and this golden voice. And we would have these like worship sessions in living rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember like, I would even as a kid, just fall asleep to these long, like worship sessions that were just like circling over the same, singing the same things to God. Yeah. And there were like, people were being healed. Um, and it was just like, just I, in some ways, I feel like I'm always trying to get back to that like living room experience um, of the church. And so that was really cool. And then um, so story for another time, but my parents um, transitioned us into a Presbyterian church. So we kind of went the other okay. way, like yeah, from absolutely. charismatic kind of Pentecostal to Presbyterian. And um, so I spent most of my um, formational like church experience until um, moving to Spokane to go to Whitworth. I was in a Presbyterian church Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty big church. And I remember um, thinking about my life, what am I going to do? And kind of resonating with some of the like shepherding things that the pastors were doing in the community. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I mean, not to rag on them too hard, but in the end it was a little bit like performative and kind of there was a just pronounced stage. Um, and I remember thinking, man, I could resonate with a lot of the things that the pastors are doing here. Um, and there are different kind of pastors on the team. I bet I could do that, but I don't know if I could crush it with the like stage mm-hmm. thing and like the performance piece. of church. I know I'm like deep inside. I'm a total goof. And like, I, I just want to be myself. I don't know if I would rock it, you know? So <laughs> I kind of like let go that. of the idea of being a pastor, went to Whitworth, was studying marketing. My sister, oh, I yeah, I was studying marketing and just kind of like taking a break from church. And yeah. um, I mean, in some ways, Whitworth can feel like a church or meet some of those yeah. needs of community and stuff, but it's still kind of isolated. But anyway, I was like a little bit disillusioned, kind of like bored of church and took a break for a little while. And then my sister said, hey, I know you're not like a theology major, but you have to, this is my freshman year. She's like, you have to take this class from this bald dude named Rob Fairbanks. You have to take it. And it's called wow. missional church. And so okay. 
I was like, fine. I, I look up to my sister. I love her so much. I'll obey you. <laughs> so I like took this class and it kind of changed my life in a lot of ways. Wow. Um, I was given this, um, this vision of the church as a community for the kind of people that Jesus surrounded himself with, you know, the powerless, the poor. It was just this like movement towards those kind of people. Mm-hmm. And it was described as missional, the missional church joining God's movement that's been going for years and years and years and just kind of jumping into that stream mm-hmm. and finding God in places. And it just gave me these new eyes for the possibility and like wonder of God and God's love and people. And so, um, yeah, I, I felt this reignited passion for church and felt like, oh, I could see myself being that kind of pastor of like in college. Yeah. In college. And so then I switched to, um, yeah, to theology and speech communication double major because I felt like, yo, this could kind of be a cool path for me to test out being a pastor at the end of Rob's class. On the missional church, he said, hey, me and my wife, Robbie, are thinking about planting a new church in this model. Um, uh, everyone's welcome to join. And so I joined in and that became Emmanuel. Yes. Um, that's been around for about 12, 13 years. Yeah. So I got to see that church be planted um, and just found found a home at Emmanuel. Oh, and then amazing. long story short, uh, they planted us, the garden. Um, into the West Central neighborhood where me and my wife, Nina, and our new baby, Teddy, where we live. And so you can almost like lean out our door and look down the street and see the West Central Community Center where we gather on Sundays. So we're really close. And we just love the West Central so much and feel like um, we're in a special, special season of life. And um, so yeah, that's kind and of you're my story. New, right? The yeah, garden? super new. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we planted eight or nine months ago. Okay. So Woo-hoo. yeah, yeah. I guess September will be our kind of like one year anniversary. So wow. it's been super new, kind of a weird time to plant, but also a beautiful time to plant. So that's amazing. Yeah, well, and the fact too, I don't know enough about church planting yeah. to know if that's the norm or not, but the fact that you got to sort of come in through a church plant, yeah. see a life of a church plant for yeah. 11, 12 years, right. and then be nurtured by that community totally. and planted in. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just such a different way versus here I am. I am moving to this place right. and I'm planning a church. I mean, the, it sounds like the community really yeah. kind of rallied around you. And That's a good way to put it. Build that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's a cool way to go. And I think even as we're planting the garden, we're thinking about what other unique spiritual communities built around God's love we can plant too even now Mm -hmm. we're like I like the analogy of like Emmanuel is kind of our mother and we're just this baby church but um, we will hopefully plant unique kind of communities that Mm -hmm. maybe aren't even called church I don't know but we're like we're, we're trying to like be like kind of birthed with that vision of of potential and we really don't want to be a church for ourselves we want to be a church for our neighborhood and what's well, it sounds like um, the dna of your church totally that's a great we, way to put how it how do we continue this how do we yes. follow where like you said where the spirit of god exactly. is already moving and that's right participate in i think that's a cool way to do church too because you're looking for new leaders right you're like looking for new voices and new ideas yes. of like we've never done it like this let's go for it you know mm-hmm. um i think there are just really exciting new expressions of spiritual communities built around 
God's love that we're seeing that get me really excited. One that I'm really involved in is side by side ministries that I know you're familiar with. Um, working with people with disabilities and able-bodied people alike to do life together. Um, And so I think we're seeing just beautiful new expressions of spiritual communities built around, around God and God's love and the um, image of God created in every human. Um, Mm. So I get excited about that too. And I think that possibility and potential just creates more and more life. Um, in our community and beyond so well and then you can like you said it's so people-centric you follow where the spirit is guiding people in your community exactly and it seems so um i just think probably a lot of our listeners who are in ministry Uh or maybe who have been a part of the church there's a there's a structure that sort Mm -hmm. of holds the church together that can be lovely but also maybe traditionally has made it hard for new things like this yeah. that you're talking about to, to come yeah. about say somebody has passion mm. for a thing it sounds like the yeah. way the garden is oriented and because of that you know uh-huh. outward dna you can be like yep we're gonna move into that exactly. or, yep we're gonna move into that so That's beautiful. tell me a little bit more about the garden how how it's yeah. that way how absolutely. it's maybe different from what church yeah. you've experienced yeah absolutely um i feel like in some ways we're we're open to new, yeah, like I said, new expressions of worship together. Um, but we also, I don't want to make it sound like we've totally reinvented the wheel because a lot of the things that I love about it, we've I've stolen from other communities, yeah. you know. Good um, Christians are good scavengers. That's, that's right. What my pastor always that's, says. I love that. That's yeah. really good. Um, so one of the things we're trying to do a little bit differently is decenter the pastor which is me at this point, I'm our, I would like to have a team eventually of mm. different kinds of pastors, but right now it's just me. Um, and I think that's tricky with the church plant to decenter the pastor for the first few months. It had to kind right. of be, Hey, this is this vision. I'm putting all my chips in here. Will you, will we, could you join in? And yeah. could you imagine a possibility where I'm not the music man doing everything or whatever, but that all different kinds of people could be sharing leadership and sharing power mm-hmm. here. Um, I think people got really excited about that and jumped in pretty fast into that model. And so again, I'm, we haven't reinvented the wheel, but we have different teams. And so we have, speaking of belonging, we have a belonging and hospitality team. Mm-hmm. That's not just bringing coffee on Sunday and greeting people, but looking for opportunities to create more belonging and asking the hard questions about ways that we might be falling short of full belonging Mm -hmm. together. And then we have a worship and arts team too, who's not just playing music, but trying to bring in the arts into our gatherings and into our community. We have some other teams like that, but those are, these are um, lay kind of people in the community who are Mm -hmm. taking the ownership and they've said yes to helping shepherd these communities for six months. And then if they can opt out, if they come into a season of being more busy or whatever, but it's just kind of a, it's been a cool model so far. I mean, I'll let you know how it goes because we're just starting it now, this like (laughs) more intentional model, but we've asked each of the team leads to identify new leaders. That's one of their main things is, Hey, you're not as your, as the team lead, you're not doing this and having people follow you. You're raising up new leaders within your community who can maybe take the baton at the end of your six months or who could start something mm, new that exciting. we've never thought of or something. So oh. it's shepherding, but empowering. Um, and so that kind of shared leadership I think is, has been really valuable. And then we also want to share the 
well, I'll speak specifically to the gatherings. We want to share the microphone a lot too. Um, and so hearing from different speakers, but also we have a sharing time. Um, and speaking of belonging, I think I was hanging out with uh, Lenore Three Stars, who you're probably familiar with. Amazing indigenous theologian, leader, kind of nationally recognized legend um, that yeah. we get to have in our city. Yeah. Um, and I was talking with her one time about belonging and she said belonging to her are she knows she belongs with a community or a person when she can share her pain with them. Mm. When she goes through an experience of pain, the people that she instantly dials on her phone and reaches yeah. out to these are people that she knows she belongs with. Mm. And so we've, I've been kind of gleaning from that wisdom and seeing how can we create spaces for authentic, unforced pain sharing, wow. but also joy sharing. And so that's one of um, my favorite parts of our gatherings on Sunday is we have a joys and sorrows kind of moment where people will get up and say, hey, you know, we are having a baby um, and we'll all rejoice and pray over them. And then and this actually happened. And then somebody stands up afterwards and it's like, we're trying to have a baby. We can't. And it's really painful, you know, and then no, people are just yeah. rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who right. mourn, wow. like Paul says. And um, it's really cool. And then but there's a tiny little thing that's really cool about it, too. Another part of empowering new voices is someone will share this and whoever is hosting that part of the service will leave it open for somebody else to pray. So it's always like, you know, Jenny gets up and speaks and shares this maybe sorrow and, and Carly who's hosting it will say, Hey, who would like to pray over Jenny? Um, mm. And there's two seconds usually of just awkwardness. Yep, I think absolutely. awkward, we can talk about this more if you want, but awkwardness is beautiful. I think <laughs> weirdness is great. But so there's that couple seconds of awkwardness and then someone reaches out, maybe somebody who's new or whatever, or prays in a different way or whatever. It's so cool. So we just wow, um, get to experience the community leaning towards each other and sharing the space and, and being a place where people can find belonging through sharing their pain if they want to. I mean, it's never forced and, yeah. but just open and safe. So wow, that's been a really cool part. And we got that from Emmanuel, the church that's our mm -hmm. mother church. They had done that. And so we kind of brought that into our Sunday liturgy and it's just one of my favorite things. We also are trying to really center kids in our community too. Um, we have a lot of little kids in our community and I'm fascinated by, by kids and fascinated by the way Jesus, his posture toward them. Um, he said, if we want to understand what his like Shalom kingdom is like, we have to be like a kid or understand the way kids operate. And I think there's so much beautiful mystery in that. Mm. And so we try to learn from them and we, again, not reinvent the wheel, but we bring them forward for a story and um, get to, it's really interactive and we want them to speak different times and then um, everybody has a name tag a written name tag yeah. that every Sunday and we love I'm a huge fan of name tags I think that's a cool small thing you can do to create belonging but we want kids names to be known they're not just like yes. Nina's son or whatever it's like that's Teddy you know and he has a story and a life and he can teach me about God's love in ways that mm. I never maybe knew about yeah. and so we do that and then we just started this thing where they're usually 
in a back room, like playing. We have a pretty play-based kids program too. Um, well, during that sharing time that I mentioned a moment ago, but we thought about this new idea that we kind of took from side by side um, where what if they wrote things that they're going through on little pieces of paper and then we shared it in our service too. Like, oh, by the way, little Teddy tripped and hurt himself and, you know, whatever, you know, or just like his birthday is next week, you know, just like so celebrate great. them and try to bring them in. Because yeah. I think, unfortunately, we can ship kids off to the back room and mm -hmm. and what we're doing by that is um, I just think it's doing a great harm to the community and to the potential that's there and it's a little bit far from Jesus's heart toward kids and people who are maybe different or outsiders and so I think it's a huge yeah. gift to center kids in the community so we're trying to do that too oh, absolutely. but we're also I will say I could share more things I'll end with that but also we're on the journey of trying to create more and more belonging and so I feel like this is a conversation that we have every week in our staff meeting our tiny little staff of three people basically yes. um, but we talk about belonging every week and we always want to grow in that and so mm. This is an open invitation to your listeners too to reach out to us if you have ideas of things we could implement. We always want to grow and in, mm. in our belonging of of everyone, all kinds of people. And so yeah, we're on the journey. You're on the journey. Yep. Well, and I admire just I mean, I spend a lot of time with pastors. Mm -hmm. I admire your I mean, obviously we Alexis and I think belonging is important because yes. we're doing a whole podcast on it. Yes. But it does feel so special and new to me to hear you as a ministry leader say every single week we're asking yeah. what are we doing right and totally. what are we doing long how, yeah. how wrong how are we extending totally. god's hospitality and how are we not exactly especially in a time where there's such skepticism oh, to i mean institutions sure. in general and oh, while yeah. a lot of the things you say about the garden are kind of non-institutional yeah. you still by virtue it's still of a church, church. Yep. by having a pastor by totally. having staff like Absolutely. You, you're in that so do you feel like you often run up against um or have conversations with folks in your neighborhood about yeah who, who maybe are more skeptical of, oh, of could i really belong to mm. that like do you is that just lip service you know i think that's a really really important question that again we should be asking every week and be centering voices on the margins i think historically women people of color lgbtq plus community people with disabilities the poor all these people that jesus like especially moved towards yeah are, have been um, have had really tough pathways to belonging in church, whereas escalators have been made for people like me, you mm -hmm. know, straight, white, cisgender men, um, married, you know, like yeah. I fit the bill for intense privilege. And so I think that's that question is so important. And especially for communities that are led by people like me, I think it's fair when there's not representation for people or a history of belonging for people to be skeptical. And I think mm -hmm. you mentioned it with institutions, but I think people are more skeptical and cynical of the white American evangelical church now than probably ever before. Yeah. yeah. 
And I actually welcome that. I think that's so healthy. It's so good. We're just mm -hmm. seeing people so fed up with the bathwater, you know, and mm -hmm. so let's get it out. You know, like I think one of the words that people are we're using a lot right now is the term deconstruction, which yeah. I think is just a sacred thing. I think deconstruction is a sacred experience of unlearning things that are far from the heart of God. And things that are maybe more a uh, element of whiteness or nationalism or Americanness or whatever or male dominantness yeah. than um, God's heart for people and community. And so I think I welcome the cynicism. And in some ways, that makes me kind of a weird person to plant because we you know we started the church in 2021. Um, out of we're in this middle of this pandemic yes. seems like soup the country's so divided people are more skeptical of the church than ever i resonate with so much of that and i've heard so many stories of pain not yeah, just in the church but have. in communities uh -huh. and this is the very thing that we're trying to create and so in some ways i think that makes me a really weird person to plant but also maybe that's the right posture is like awareness about the shortcomings the grave shortcomings of the church and ears to just listen so i think mm -hmm. conversations from people who are skeptical and cynical i i just want to welcome them just like turn up the mic louder for them mm. um and listen to the ways that we've fallen short and see what we can do to center community around um the love of god i heard about this have you heard of centered set versus bounded set communities? I have not. Yeah, I heard about this like a year ago, and it's probably nothing new under the sun, but I guess there was this guy named Paul Hybert at Fuller in the 70s, and he developed this terminology for like missional communities. And it's this idea of we, I mean, I will speak for myself. I kind of grew up in a um, bounded set community, which is like walls or fences versus wells. So centered set would be like a well. So to develop that further of uh, fences around doctrine and belief. So like a bounded set community with fences would be like, hey, this is what we believe. If you okay, you're in or you're yeah, out. you're in or you're out. This is what behavior looks like for you to belong. This is what assent to our doctrine and beliefs looks like. If you step out of the fence, you're out. Yeah. You know, you don't belong in good riddance or whatever. Yeah, it's a pretty harsh way to put it. But I think. Some of us can relate to those experiences in evangelical spaces. And then there's centered set communities, which is more like a well um, with no fences that are, that's like focused on the center. Um, and so I just, that's what we want to try to do at the garden is um, our slogan is rooted in the love of God, growing in the way of Jesus. So we're borrowing some fun garden terminology and I really think that's what it's all about is it, can we center our community around God's love, which is for everyone, yes. which is making all things new and all of creation, um, which includes people, animals, nature, all of the universe. Um, I think if we can center ourselves around that kind of love, um, we can actually create more communities of belonging. So I love mm. that image. And hopefully that's helpful for some people like wells instead of walls. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. And it seems more invitational, sort of mm -hmm. a proximity, like totally. we're all gathering closer yeah. to each other. And 
how do we see where people are and go to them or bring right. them closer versus yeah are they on the other side of the fence because if so totally. then, then we're uninterested that's right <sighs> yeah and when i think about jesus i mean here's some there's a cool story about him at a well right creating belonging for someone and i, th- I just think about him being this center um and I think about the way he talked about church was he said this weird, mysterious, kind of wonderful and weird idea that he's married to the church, you know? Yeah. And so I think the church can sometimes, like pastors can be married to the church when we as the church are supposed to be married to Jesus. And I was thinking about that the other day about marriage and what a unique thing it is and how you marry this person, you commit your life to them, but you also change over life and you're right. married to the the future of that person and how that person adapts and hmm. grows and moves. And obviously God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, but the spirit moves too. And so I think we should be married to the person of Jesus Christ, to God in Jesus and not to the church um, if that makes sense. I think the church can kind of be married to itself, if that makes sense, yes. versus married to the moving person of Jesus. Yes. So. Oh, that's a really helpful image. Yeah. Mm. Well, I have, I have, so I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah, totally. You are young. Uh-huh. You are, will you share how old you are? I'm 29. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, I know we're around the same age. Yeah. You Super are young. young. Super young. You planted a church. Mm-hmm. You are... I mean, you are someone who I'd say is I'm all in. I mean, you, you just oh, yeah. light up when you talk about when you talk about this, when you talk about the totally. garden. And I think to a lot of our listeners, you kind of maybe defy the narrative of like, oh, like you said, like young people are uh-huh. cynical now, like they're right. leaving the church. They're not a part of this. And I know you've talked about this a little bit, but what? Yeah. Wh- why? Like what draws why? you in? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think that's such an important question to ask. And I sometimes ask myself that too on hard days. Why am I doing this? You know, and I'm sure people listening can resonate just those parts of the journey where you're like, what am I doing? This is so wild. Um, I bet we can, no matter what career you're in or what you're doing in life, you can probably resonate with that. What have I got myself into? Yes. But I think, I just really like to simplify it. I think we can really complicate church because I think Mm. the more complicated it is, the more power we have over it. I was thinking about, I watched, have you seen the big short? No, I haven't. Oh, it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like the 2007, 2008 market stock market crash. And one of the things they talk about there is how complicated wall street made trading and things like that how complicated wall street made wall street so they could retain power and just like Uh, only certain people could do it and so i think church can be like that too like we just make it so complicated and it allows us Mm, to keep control and power so i just in my mind i just try to simplify it and say the creator of the universe is in love with you and me everybody listening all of creation and Jesus shows us what it looks like, like what God looks like and what it looks like to be human, how to flourish in the world, which includes suffering, right? Mm. Which includes extreme generosity, um, belonging, um, good news, right? 
And then I think the spirit is breathing life and energy into everybody we meet eyes with and mm. and making all things new. And so I'm just kind of obsessed with God <laughs> and the like God's love in people. And so I think when we get together around God's love, something messy but also really beautiful can happen. And so yeah, we ha- we be- we have a church name pastor some structure some sort of institution but also i just want to simplify it we're just this like little community that's a part of this huge movement diverse movement of goodness that god's up to in the world and so i think that helps me just really simplify it and i think more people get to get to belong when you simplify it like that and when you really work hard and it's actually it's harder to simplify it right yeah you're working Um, against centuries of making it more complicated exactly exactly and so yeah i think that's helpful to just for me to just simplify it and it reminds me why i'm doing what i'm doing and i have to keep reminding myself that because when i'm sitting at a coffee shop across from somebody now i'm looking for the love of god in them and helping like seeing my lane which is i think is just to help them discover god in their life wherever they are Mm. Um, and that's pretty much all my lane is like, and I reject other parts of that pastors, other like things pastors have done with their lane, ways they've made it bigger and more messy and, Mm. and, um, controlling. So my lane is to just help people discover God where they are and tell them the good news that God loves them and is for them. That's it. So I love when I think about church like that i love it and it's so great it's not perfect though no i also think about yeah just back to that deconstruction thing i do think that's a sacred experience and and i think here's the thing about church too if you look at the people that jesus hung out with i think of two things one there are some if you look at his disciples there are some kind of like annoying people right like some of the disciples are kind of annoying the way they interact with each other and the way they talk (laughs) and the way they forget the good news and i think those people are still in church and i think that's great like people that disagree with you people that do things differently than you people who talk too loud smell weird you know like those people are still in church and i think we need to be like bump shoulders against people like that forever, you know? Um, Yes. And then I also think Jesus just had this special movement toward the poor, the powerless, the people, the outcasts, people who've been left behind by the religious community at large and by the empire. And so I think church should be focused on those kind of people too. And like have also have a movement towards those kinds of people. So those two things like messy it'll just it'll just make community messy and i think we shouldn't run away from that it does the moment in the gathering when it starts to feel a little bit awkward start like celebrating i think because that means organic like real life is happening you've hit something yeah you've hit gold that's a good and that's a good way to think about it i think because we like to brush it up and create a comfortable experience but i think when we do that we're just making it comfortable for one certain kind of person it's usually 
rich white people, <laughs> you know, yes. no, rich that's white a good men, word, right? I mean, yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? I just am thinking of, I mean, I work with young people all the time mm-hmm. who I think would feel who would listen to you and be like, uh-huh. yes, like that's Sweet. the God I care about. Like, yes. But, um, maybe aren't, it still feels difficult or mm. they still feel like they haven't found a place mm of maybe not even necessarily an institutional church yeah. building or service, but like even a community. What, yeah. what advice would you have to people who would maybe feel compelled by mm. this vision of, of being a part of what God is doing, yeah. but maybe aren't currently in a community of faith? That's such a good question. I think find if you can't, well, I hesitate to give advice to people in general, <laughs> even if I'm sitting right in front of them and I know them, unless I know that they've been heard, you know, and, but assuming they have, um, and that's being invited here, I think advice I would give is find people you can trust, maybe like leaders or people you look up to that you can trust and ask really hard questions of, um, and actually, your Rachel Held Evans book right here got me thinking about something she said. It's a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, Sorry, but it I got me it. thinking about something she said about scripture. Because I think that's one of the hard things for people right now is they look at some of the things in scripture and they're like, whoa, this is not the God I believe in or know or have experienced or want to know. And I love how Rachel Held Evans, I can't remember what book I read this in or maybe a talk of hers, but she said, evangelicals like to have scripture be the final word and but the jewish tradition is that scripture will be the first word like the start of the conversation yeah and that we could be people who wrestle right isn't that part of israel's identity like the um people of god's like identity as people who kind of wrestle together i mean paul even says the struggle is not against flesh and blood like he invites this kind of struggle and like hard journey and so I think um, for people who feel excluded from community, I would just first say I'm just like deeply sorry for for that experience and for the ways they've been left behind or left out or mm-hmm. hurt. That's so real for way too many people. And I'm, I'm sure I've been complicit in that in some ways yeah. and probably still will be. And I want to just repent of that and lament that with them Mm -hmm. and grow in creating communities of belonging. But yeah, I would say find leaders or people that you can trust and ask those hard questions and wrestle together with and communities where you can share your pain. Mm -hmm. If you are part of a church that would not welcome you sharing your pain or welcome you as you are, then it might be time to find a community that will that yeah. will have yeah a space for you of belonging for you right away mm. uh, and receive you as you are into God's love. Mm. But I think that's hard. I think it's hard to find communities like that. And there some I've talked to many people who just say I just need a long season of healing and I don't want to be in church things that are churchy are triggering right now and I need a long break and I hear that and I think that's so real. And I've, I'll usually just say, I'm here if you ever want to talk and I get it. You're not alone. And so, yeah, that's probably what I would say. Mm, thank you. That's yeah. good advice. Yeah. 
Well, I just have one last question for oh, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Tell me about a time when the church has felt like it was where you truly belonged. Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like for me, I've found belonging serving alongside people. So those times in church or community where I'm doing dishes with a new friend mm. in the back of the church yes. or whatever and just laughing and or hang like hanging out with kids and feeling like I can just be goofy and laugh and just experience God's joy with them. I felt belonging there. There was one time where I was leading worship for a little while, playing guitar and singing with a band one Sunday years ago. And I led a song that was even played at our wedding. I'm just so familiar with it. I could close my eyes and play it. And for some reason, I totally ruined the song. Like I was playing this <laughs> and I couldn't find awesome. the tempo and I couldn't, it was just a complete disaster. And people were laughing like in a kind way. And I just stopped the song and I said, you know what? I'm sorry, everybody. Like <laughs> I totally messed this up. I'm so thankful that this is not our place of performance. We're going to move on to the next song. I uh, and I just, I felt uh, people came up to me and said they loved that actually. And they thought mm -hmm. it was freeing. There's something like chains were kind of broken a little bit of like well, performance. It's like you hit the awkward. That's right. There it is. People like that. Yeah, people do real. like that. It feels real, exactly, yeah. exactly. I I really like that analogy you you're you're saying there too, of like striking gold there with the awkward. So, yeah, and I I just felt like, for me, I think, um, somebody was asking me the other day. They're like, "You seem relaxed when you're speaking. Is it because you like why?" And I I heard. Um, somebody say you just have to get enough reps in it's like the 10,000 hours thing but for me it was failing enough times and being okay you know mm, yeah and that's good. um so just just being myself and making mistakes but being held in love and acceptance I think enough times remove that fear to now I'm like I can totally ruin this sermon and just you know, <laughs> totally botched this yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And um, it's still going to be okay. So, oh, yeah. That's lovely. And how yeah. great for people in the church to witness that too. Yeah, I mean, it seems totally. like such a powerful um, way to go against sort of the yeah. power or the structure or the polishness totally. of like, this is what I got for yeah. today. And that's God's right. still got and yeah. here we are. That's lovely. I like the way you used the word polish there because I think we all know our lives are not polished. We all know yeah. we experience suffering. We all know that we experience pain and um, we feel lost sometimes. And so if we can come home together in the love of God, um, you know, in a safe community, I think that's, that's where it's at. Mm. So well, thank you. <clears throat> this is great. Yeah, and thank you for awesome. who you are and for, to, thank you, for diving into the church in a new way. Yeah, I just, thank you. I feel really inspired by, I see you as just trying to continually like mm. hand over yeah. power. Thank you. To the other, to like by that's not the being the like powerful yeah. pastor, but thinking about yeah. belonging. And I think that's what 
the church is called to yeah, and we haven't always looked into totally. that so on behalf of i don't know mm. can i say on behalf of the church yeah, just thanks for thank the work you, that you Laura. do and thank for you. being willing to share about it with me it's been a gift to hear your reflections thank you lauren such an honor to be here big fan of yours and the oce and consider it such a gift to spend this time with you so thank you One of the things I continue to be inspired by through this conversation with Phil is the connection that Phil made between belonging and sharing pain. This is something that's important to Phil, something that they make sure is a part of the weekly rhythm of their congregation. And Phil didn't actually talk about it in this episode, but in another conversation, we spent a lot of time talking about author Cole Arthur Riley and her book, This Here Flesh, and the way that she talks about belonging. Phil is a metaphorical student of Cole Arthur Riley's. And I want to pose this quote as a way of meditating and continuing to think on what it means to really be a part of belonging. So hear these words by Cole Arthur Riley. We were made for belonging. Maybe you've heard it said that you need to learn how to be alone before you can be with someone. I say you have to learn how to be with and a part of something in order to know how to be alone. I think it is only out of a deep anchoring in community that one can ever be free to explore the solitary. When I write community, I mean to say that any group of people that is committed to being a part of a collective, a community can be a household, a local body, a shared identity that stretches across the globe, but it can also mean a group that knows your name, people who know you and know the ugly parts of you and stay. May you experience treasure and cultivate spaces that allow for true sharing of pain. Spaces that, as Phil so lovely put, allow you to step into the awkward. Spaces and community that refuse to look away from the pain or the ugly parts of you and of life. And may the church become one of those spaces. Above all, may you feel seen by the God who knows it all, sees all of you, knows you better than you know yourself, knows your pain, and calls you beloved. See you next time. We are a new podcast and we would so absolutely appreciate a comment and a subscribe if you are enjoying these conversations and add your voice to these conversations as well. You can at the Instagram at OCE Whitworth or as always find us at whitworth.edu slash OCE. We look forward to seeing you again next week for more conversations about where it is we truly belong. Talk to you soon.